Hello, faithful listener. You have tuned in to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Happy Friday, faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Bible Explained podcast. And you know what? If you're a new listener on the podcast, um, first and foremost, thank you for tuning in and for studying along in scripture with me. But if you're new, basically the reason I call you guys faithful listeners is not because you are faithful to this podcast, but because you have faith and you are listening to the Bible. So that is why I uh, use the term faithful listeners. Not because you're my faithful listeners, but because you're God's faithful listeners. So yeah, and if you guys are curious about P40 Ministries and everything that I do over there, because this podcast is part of P40 Ministries, for those of you who are new, for those of you who are not new, you obviously remember that last week, this podcast was named P40 Ministries. (laughs) But for those of you just tuning in to season four, yeah, the, the podcast is renamed Bible Explained, but my entire ministry is called P40 Ministries. And so, yeah, this podcast is part of that. And if you're curious about P40 Ministries and everything that I do over there, I'll drop a link for you to navigate over to P40 Ministries and just check it out and see uh, see what I have to offer over there. But let's go ahead and talk about Numbers chapter 2, the entire thing, verses 1 all the way down to verse 34. So I have a lot to read, but the verses are actually pretty short. So uh, we might actually finish reading it pretty quickly. But grab your Bible and your cup of coffee. I've got mine right here in my uh, Stardew Valley mug. (laughs) I have a couple Stardew Valley mugs, and actually they're, they're some of my favorite mugs that I have. But anyway, grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea for you uh, crazy tea drinkers. And let's go ahead and start reading Numbers chapter 2. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, The children of Israel shall encamp every man by his own standard with the banners of their father's houses. They shall encamp around the tent of meeting at a distance from it. Those who encamp on the east side toward the sunrise shall be of the standard of the camp of Judah, according to their divisions. The prince of the children of Judah shall be Nashon, the son of Amminadab. His division and those who were counted of them were 74,600. Those who encamp next to him shall be the tribe of Issachar. The prince of the children of Issachar shall be Nathaniel, the son of Zuar. His division and those who were counted of it were 54,400. The tribe of Zebulun. The prince of the children of Zebulun shall be Eliab, the son of Helon. His division and those who were counted of it were 57,400. All who were counted of the camp of Judah were 186,400 according to their divisions. They shall set out first. On the south side, there shall be a standard of the camp of Reuben, according to their divisions. The prince of the children of Reuben shall be Eliezer, the son of Shadur. His division and those who were counted of it were 46,500. Those who encamp next to him shall be the tribe of Simeon. The prince of the children of Simeon shall be Shalemuel, the son of Zerishadai. His division and those who were counted of them were 59,300. The tribe of Gad. The prince of the children of Gad shall be Eliasaph, the son of Raoul. His division and those who were counted of them were 45,650. All who were counted of the camp of Reuben were 150,450 according to their armies. They shall set out second. Then the ten of meeting shall set out with the camp of the Levites in the middle of the camps. As they encamp, so they shall set out every man in his place by their standards. So I'm going to stop real quick right there and just kind of explain what's happening. 
before I continue reading. So in Numbers chapter one, where, where we just talked about a couple days ago, we saw that Moses was in the process of counting all of the warriors for Israel. And God told Moses to count all the warriors of each individual tribe. You remember there were 12 tribes and each individual tribe had uh, their their men counted to go out and to war. So basically, uh, God was setting up an army here. But what was supposed to happen was that the tabernacle and the Levite clan, the Levites were not supposed to be counted at all. The Levites would basically encamp in the inner circle around the tabernacle. And then the rest of the tribes would encamp around that, like almost like an outer circle and then an inner circle and then the tabernacle in the very, very middle where uh, God would live. And this was done so that the tabernacle, the most important thing there would be protected because the tabernacle was a bridge from God to the people. That was the bridge that these people had back in these days before Jesus came to earth and became that bridge for us. The tabernacle was the bridge. So it was very important to maintain the tabernacle and to keep it safe. So what is happening here in Numbers chapter two is the men are all counted. Okay, Uh, Moses finished up that task. And now each tribe has to form a circle around the tabernacle. So firstly, on the east side of the tabernacle, and this is kind of interesting because the tabernacle was actually supposed to face east. I don't know if you guys remember us talking about that, but the tabernacle, when it was built and rearranged, was always supposed to face east. On the east side of the tabernacle, the way the tabernacle was facing would be the tribe of Judah. And I find that fascinating just from like an analogical standpoint. Analogical, is that a word? I think it's a word. (laughs) (laughs) The analogy of the tabernacle facing towards the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah, other than the tribe of Levi, was one of the most important tribes when it came to, um, to our relationship with God. Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. And so the tribe of Judah actually maintained their standing with God much better than any other tribe ever did as we move forward into scripture. The tribe of Judah actually stayed pretty consistent with God, kind of, for the most part. So Judah was one of the most important tribes, and it was also where Jesus was going to come from. So the fact that the tabernacle was facing towards Judah is kind of just an interesting analogy, and I don't believe that God did that on accident. I think that he purposefully put Judah in that exact location for a reason. But on either side of Judah was supposed to be Zebulun and Issachar. I don't know exactly where, if Issachar was supposed to be like more north or more south or whatever, I don't know. But one way or the other, Judah was supposed to be in the middle, right there facing east on the eastern side of the temple. And Zebulun and Issachar, those two tribes are supposed to be next to him. The second thing we read was the tribe of Reuben was supposed to be on the south side of the tabernacle. And then the tribes of Simeon and Gad were supposed to be next to the tribe of Reuben. Then once those tribes were all put in place and the tabernacle would have some protection, that's when the tabernacle would go in the middle uh, to protect it. And then the rest of the tribes could form around the tabernacle at that point. So let's continue reading here, verse 18, all the way down. On the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim, according to their divisions. The prince of the children of Ephraim shall be Elishama, the son of Amihud. His division and those who were counted of them were 40,500. 
Next to him shall be the tribe of Manasseh. The prince of the children of Manasseh shall be Gamaliel, the son of Peduzer. His division and those who were counted of them were 32,200. The tribe of Benjamin, the prince of the children of Benjamin shall be Abedin, the son of Gideonai. His army and those who were counted of them were 35,400. All who were counted of the camp of Ephraim were 108,100, according to their divisions. They shall set out third. On the north side shall be the standard of the camp of Dan, according to their divisions. The prince of the children of Dan shall be Hazer, the son of Amishadai. His division and those who were counted of them were 62,700. Those who encamp next to him shall be the tribe of Asher, and the prince of the children of Asher shall be Pajil, the son of Okrin. His division and those who were counted of them were 41,500. The tribe of Naphtali, the prince of the children of Naphtali, shall be Ahira, the son of Enan. His division and those who were counted of them were 53,400. All who were counted of the camp of Dan were 157,600, and they shall set out last by their standards. These are those who were counted of the children of Israel by their father's houses. All who were counted of the camps according to their armies were 603,550. But the Levites were not counted among the children of Israel as Yahweh commanded Moses. Thus the children of Israel did. According to all that Yahweh commanded Moses, so they encamped by their standards and they set out, everyone by their families, according to their father's houses. So I actually had to um, make a little like graph to try to figure out what was happening in this chapter a little bit better. So I drew some circles here. I drew like uh, the tabernacle in the middle, then a circle surrounding the tabernacle, like a little circle. And that circle would be the tribe of Levi that would take care of the tabernacle, then an outer circle. And then I actually put um, where each individual tribe would be like stationed in that outer circle, just to make sure I wasn't confusing myself as, <laughs> as to what I was doing here. And it's interesting because in Numbers chapter three, it actually gets even more confusing because then the tribe of Levi, well, actually, I, I'm kind of giving away spoilers, but the tribe of Levi gets broken down as well. And then they have to encamp in certain sections around the middle of the, you know, the middle circle. So it really is interesting where God placed each of these individual tribes and how I think every single one of them has a lot of meaning, like as to where they were placed. Like Judah, Reuben, Ephraim, and Dan were the four tribes that were specifically mentioned as uh, being directly north, south, east, and west of the tabernacle. And we know that Judah was a very special tribe. We know that Reuben was the firstborn. We know that Ephraim was considered to be a blessed tribe. And the only one I'm not sure about actually is Dan. I don't know if Dan has any special place. But we do know that the three tribes, Judah, Reuben, and Ephraim, were very special for very different reasons, but they're specifically called out as being special tribes that protected the uh, tabernacle. But mainly, I think what all of this is talking about and what we can really take from this today, I mean, because we, we read this stuff in the Old Testament, we're like, oh, who cares? You know, what can we learn from this today? Well, we can learn something very important from this. God is supposed to be center in our lives. God is at the center of everything. The tabernacle was at the center of all of these people. God was going to be in the middle of all of this. You know, we don't like war. We don't like battles. We don't like trials. 
But if we place God at the center, which was what God was telling his people to do, he was going to protect them through the storm. He was going to protect them from the battles they had to go through, from the wars that they had to encounter. He was going to be first in their lives, being the, the warrior, the warrior chief that was at the middle of everything, protecting his people. So we need to set God first in our own lives, because even though it's very clear, trials and crap is going to come into our lives. I mean, Jesus makes that so clear in scripture that when we become Christians, we're not free from the stuff the world has to offer, which is all the bad stuff. We're not free from that. But if we make God first, just as Paul says in the New Testament, we cannot be crushed. We can be uh, we can be pressed, but not crushed. Paul talks about how When we put God at the center of our lives, when all these trials happen, even though it's going to hurt, it's going to put pressure on us, we will not crack. We will not uh, break. We'll, We'll have pressure put on us for sure, but God will be there helping us to help us overcome all that stuff that we unfortunately have to go through here on earth. So here, this in Numbers chapter two is a visual of what we're supposed to do in our own lives. We're supposed to put God at the center of everything and he will be there as our warrior protecting us. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode and it hopefully it convicted you. And if it did, share it. Share it on your social media platforms and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists so that they can tune in and also hear about the Bible. And it's so interesting that just sharing something on your social media is now a form of evangelism. It's a it's a perfect way to evangelize to people who are your friends and your family members. So yeah, guys, tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. But you know what, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I'll see you bright and early Monday morning. Happy listening, and God bless. Oh.